Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Three, two, one. Class off. Commercial time. So today in our podcast, Whoa. we are going to be talking about... <laughs> oh. You're doing that fast cut, aren't you? Intermittent fasting. And one of the things that we uh, highly recommend to people is before you start your intermittent fasting, it's really important that you uh, have the balance of nutrition first. Yeah. We have, what we've put together is we've put together a bundle, which includes our fasting guide, which is, by the the way, one of our most popular uh, guides or programs. Uh, Everybody loves the fasting guide. It teaches you how to fast properly for improved performance, fat loss, cognitive function, all those things. But we've combined it with our nutrition survival guide, which is very good, solid information on how to count your macros and calories and how to figure those things out for yourself. Because fasting, although it's fantastic, if you eat a crappy diet, it's not a, it's not going to fix it. And this, the main reason why we created this bundle was specifically for that. We had a lot of people that were just mm-hmm. jumping on the fasting bandwagon, but then they had no real understanding of how mm-hmm. they should be fueling their bo- body. And we're really, we're very adamant about people learning that first and then doing that. We prefer you to start here. Yes. In order for that to then dictate, you know, what you do throughout your your eating patterns. So we specifically put a bundle together to save everybody a little bit of money. So you do that, you get the intermittent fasting and the, and the nutrition. And what's it called? The nutrition fasting bundle. I think that's the name of it. Mindpumpmedia.com. Basically get all your nutritional needs covered. It's right a on. better, like, NutraFast. Bundle of joy, like Justin said. What's that one song, Justin? I know you know it. Do uh, I amuse you? Fight for her honor. Yeah, yeah. What is that song, dude? I am the man who will fight for your honor. Damn. What I'll be your hero. You're dreaming of. Dude, that's sounds, like a, sounds like a Brian Adams song. That song. Yeah, I don't remember. Who that is song will, is like... If you could make a song like that and sing it in that way with the, those similar lyrics yeah. to a woman, mm-hmm. she will instantly yeah. quiver you in will orgasm. Drop those panties right now, bro! I am the you man. No, I don't. I am the man who will fight for your honor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? Someone, you know what? Today, let's tell our girls that and see what happens, and then text each other and, and see. The response. Oh, you know, God, who is it? Just say it real calm, like, babe. I just I was thinking about this earlier today. Like, I want you to know something. Like, I'm, I'm the man. Who will fight for your honor? <laughs> Blowjob. Yeah. I yes. I love it. Like, it's like Chris Christopherson or something. No. My girl will probably laugh. Yes, she always likes to ask. She'll be like, "Did Sal tell you to say how that? much do you love me?" Yesterday, I said a lot. Because you never said that before. I said I know you ask it every day though. I got to come up with something different. You do every... a really good job a of. Lot. Uh, you do a really good job of titrating, like the nice things you say. Like you do, you trickle them very, yeah. very little. So that way, when you say something like a lot, like that's stupid, right? Yeah. But to her. 
She's like, wow. You can't teach this stuff. I've been trying for years. <laughs> he said a lot. I mean, Otherwise, it's just noise, <laughs> yeah. right? Some people don't know how to do it without making like, it impactful. You can't quite be a total asshole about it. You have to be, you know. Oh, it's uh, it's Glory of Love by Peter Cetera. Peter Cetera. Fuck, of course. I don't even know. Fuck <laughs> that is. <laughs> you knew that is. Who's I fuck? do, actually. Does it, You do? Who, does yeah, he sing because... anything else? Oh, you know why this? You know yeah, why I remember that song? He yeah, does like why, movie theme track. Do you know where right? that song? Oh. You know where that song was in? You know why I fucking remember what now? What movie? Probably one of your one of the five movies yeah, you just, watched. Just, Rocky, bro. It's a movie we've all watched, and if you haven't, I have to punch you in the face because. Goonies. Just listen to that shit, bro. Oh, oh yeah. Now think of the movie. Oh Great. my god, this is think in, of the movie. Uh, this is in. Uh, Hold on. Come oh, on, dude. I know. It's, give me, it's give fucking it. montage music, bro. Give me a second. Give me a second. I know what movie it's in. <laughs> Stop. Sorry. It makes you want to sing like in like you cup your 80s hand, movie. Was it in the 80s? It's an 80s music. Yeah, it's an 80s mon- uh, uh, like montage. Yeah, but it was a movie in the 80s too. Bro, I'm telling you right now, if I was a girl, this song would make me go crazy. The, the chorus. Is- you know, I'm going to redo this like all heavy. Yeah. Be sick. I don't know. It makes me emotional almost. You know what I mean? I want to be that guy. Can you, you know tell me what movie it is? When I say it, you're going to be mad that you forgot. It's because it's one of the it's one of the foundational movies. Foundational movies. It's one of the foundational movies of our childhood. Can you just fucking say it? Yeah. Karate it? Kid. That's no. Incredible. It's not. Karate kid. It was in Karate Kid. What part? Get out of here. Yes. I don't, I don't remember that. I, it was in Karate Kid when he was. Training? I think so. I don't think so. Dude. I don't know. No. That's what YouTube says. Oh my god, <laughs> that's a lie. I think it's in it. there when he meets the girl. All I remember is you're the best around. Oh, nothing ever gonna get you down. See that song makes me emotional too. Yeah. Have you ever been? Let me ask you guys this: You ever feel? Of course, during your life, there's going to be periods of time when you feel like never. You've been kicked down. You're on the ground, and there's that one song that just makes you go fuck yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. What's that? Song? Bulls on parade. What's that song? Uh, Vicarious tool. Really? Yeah. I've been. I that's told, a little aggressive, but I could see that. Yeah, yeah that's good. Mm-hmm. That's it's, good. Yeah. No, I just. Uh, I. You know what? I had to buy all their CDs. They don't. They're not on anything. Mm. You can't get them on iTunes. I know we were you, rocking that in your car. You can't get brought them, me back. You can't get them anywhere. I. Li- I bought all their shit. Got on Amazon, had that mm-hmm. shit fucking primed to me the next day. I was like, that's, you know what? And at first I was frustrated, but I said, you know what? I respect them because they're like, mm. fuck the music industry. I We're agree. like, fuck the fitness industry. Yeah. So I get it. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Like, it's frustrating. And I was like, really mad that I couldn't just download it onto my iTunes and I could just put it but in my. But if you're a real fan, you'll do it. And that's how I felt. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Fuck that. I bought, this is probably the third time I've bought all those CDs, right? I, I could, in my I, I could totally jive with being like Tool. Hell yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. That's what I mean. People have told me I'm a tool before, so I hope I'm, that's what they're that's what they mean, right? <laughs> I'm not sure they're referencing that. It's a good thing. Have, yeah. uh, here's my song right here. I think that's referencing the this white is, shorts. Th- this is my song right here, dude. Don't stop talking about my shorts. <laughs> Flashy white. Oh shorts. come on, commercial on YouTube, you fuckers. Six dollars and all. We have a channel on you guys now. You should give us uh, no commercial. Oh, here we go. Come on, bro. What movie's that? Ooh. Yeah, it's Rocky, dude. Yeah, that's he's in the he's in the, he's in the, he's, in the he's in the snow right now, dude. Yeah. Climbing hills. Can I tell you what that song does to me? What? Uh, I have I have never lightning bolts on your tip of your dick. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, it, and I thought it was it actually turned out to be gonorrhea. But here's oh, okay. what here's what really happens to me. I have yet to attempt a PR 
to that song because I'm afraid of what might happen. <laughs> afraid you might hurt yourself. Pull your well, back out. What two things will either happen? Either a I'm going to hurt myself, or I'm going to discover uh, that I have this secret ability, yeah. this secret power, and then I have this responsibility. It's probably going to be the first one. to the world. So yeah. I'm just not going to. I'm just going to keep it away. Yeah. I'm only going to save it for when I need to perk up a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Hearts on fire, bro. I like it. That, does man. it for me every single time. Justin, you, what's your song, Justin? Mm. That's a good question, man. It, it varies a lot because I, I get into different genres, and uh, I think like staying alive. Yeah, totally. Staying like, alive. Hey, you can't tell me. <laughs> yeah, that one really does it for me. Uh, At first, I was afraid. I, I don't petrified. See, that's the thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't have like a go-to song. Like, I, I'm so like, you do. You just don't I, I love it. music. I just like, yeah, I don't remember. I'll, it'll come to me. No, I'm. I think I agree with Justin. <laughs> I don't have a go-to either. I think. I think. But you know, there's certain songs, right? When you hear them, you're just like always put you. Oh, in a good of mood. course. Yeah, they put you in the mood, man. To 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 like just, inspirational yes. wise. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, I think that whole '80s genre. I think it's I because that's when we grew up. I know. So it's mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely right. So it, mine's we, usually like anti-establishment stuff. You know, like obviously Rage Against the Machine. Oh, you know, that's the like, ultimate. Uh, yeah, like uh, Freedom was a big one for me that that impacted me mm-hmm. initially, just that's because a big it was. It, I don't know, so powerful. Well, you know what, too, and the time that they came out for us also is like right when you're at that rebellious age, right? Between yeah. 15 and 19 years old, right? And you're just like, fuck the world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, freedom. Freedom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I think there's more correlation. I never grew out of that. I, I by think, the way. I think yeah. there's more correlation with that, uh, you know, how it, when you heard the song, at what part of your life you were at, right? Like, I think that has more than than anything else. I mean, of course, the lyrics. I like think the, so, but some songs just have uh, Working Man by Rush. That's another one. When Working Man comes on, I just, fuck yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, not really. Not yeah, with that no, one. It's can, yeah. Yeah. Rush? Yeah, Rush is pretty... Mm-hmm. The, it's because you got... You Dorky. Know what? Neil's, Neil's a badass drummer. He's and great. It's, it's, no, they're great bro, musicians. Tell me right they're now. They're amazing musicians. Aren't, aren't they a Canadian Listen band? Yes, yes. Quiet. Everybody shut up. Come on. Tell me that is, that's... Come on. That's good right there. Not really. It's cool, though. I, mean, I like Rush. I, mean, I like Tom Sawyer. I'm, I'm not going to hate on him, dude. But yeah, I was yeah. just going to say, I was about to like, you guys no, sure no, you want to no, hate no, on Rush? They're, no, no, they're they're awesome. But but now you're just starting. I'm to, not like a big fan. I'm you're just trying to you're just starting to throw random music out there. That no, I no, just no, 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 it wasn't random. <laughs> that song. Let's just let me just give you guys a little trivia. Hmm. That song, Working Man. By the way, that's before they had. I believe that's before Neil Peart uh, played with them. But anyway. That song is what was played some some um, some obscure uh, radio station, you know, back in the day when a, when a DJ needed to go take a shit, he would put on like a B side or something, something a long song, so he could go take a poop, right? Yeah. So he randomly grabbed uh, this album by Rush and put it on because it's kind of a long song, and and Rush is known to have long music. Puts it on, goes, does his thing, comes back. The phones are lighting are lit up. He answers the phone and everybody's like, "Oh, when's that new Led Zeppelin album coming out?" Because yeah, the song is yeah. very Zeppelin-y. I've heard you know that. what I mean? Uh-huh. And that's how Rush uh, got their start. See, was because like, a guy had to poop. I remember now. There's a song that really inspires me, and it's so random. Like I only, only a very select few people even know. Uh, like August Burns Red. It's called Meridian, but like the it, it's all about the music and like how it like builds up and it, and it, it like it just hits this fucking like nerve in my body and, my, and then i'm just like yeah then the, i'm inspired the bonchill nerve yes that's, that's the, the one <laughs> the prostate nerve yes 
And oh then, my god! And then just grabbed me. Here it comes. It's swooping down. It's trying to, it's trying Adam's to not it scared this it's time. It's moving huh? slow as fuck this time. That's why. being brought to you by Chimera Coffee. It's the only coffee that is infused with all natural nootropics for a cleaner, calmer, and more focused buzz without the crash. Click the Chimera link at mindpumpmedia.com and input the discount code MINDPUMP at checkout for 10% off. It's the motherfucking quad. The eagle has landed. First question is from Henning BCKHS. Is there a flexible way of intermittent fasting? Well, isn't intermittent like the the definition of that, that is flexible? flexible? Right. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that isn't that what that means? Well, that's why we put multiple methods in the guide as yeah, there's, well. There's, there's six there's different ways to do it. Yeah, there's yeah. six different examples that we give uh, just in the guide alone. Um, and even with those examples and the ones that we we all agreed, like okay, this is kind of or pretty much how I do it. I think uh, personally, I don't. The, the boys can chime in. Um, I am all. I don't have a set schedule of like th- these days. If anyone probably does, that's probably nerdy. Sal. I just go okay. You know, I know I like to incorporate fasting at least once a week, and I kind of base it off of my eating, my activity, and things like that. So, for example, like I might just have had. Two days in a row of just we were we've been slammed right. We've been we've had these assessments coming through and we've been making nonstop phone calls and backed up on social media. I've just got all this sedentary shit going on right now and I missed the gym, so I'm not moving a lot. And then on top of that, I you know went and grabbed some food right, so I didn't get even chance to prepare my own food. So you know all all of a sudden like a a light bulb goes off in my head like hey this would be a good time for me to do my fast. You know I'm gonna do I'm always trying to target it once a week. And I try and target around when I think would be the most ideal time. And for me, uh, when I'm not moving a lot, well, that's when I need the least amount of fuel. So to me, it seems the uh, most strategic way for See, myself. Now, if you were like anybody in the industry, you would wrap that around like a movement fast. Right. So, right? so it would become this packaged uh like formula that everybody be like, Oh yeah. Movement fast. Like if I'm moving like X amount of steps, now I can correlate that to eating and I'm planning it out. Like totally, which, which, which we'll, we'll go ahead and do, which is okay yeah. too. Yeah. yeah it's, it's fine. It's just, you know, that that's how it is. It's, it's like, it's mm-hmm. that it is flexible. So I think I know where this guy's going with the question because uh, it, there's, there's definitely flexibility in how long you can fast for, you know, you could fast for 12 hours, you could fast for 24 hours, you could fast for 48, 72, some people fast even longer. The the ways we fast, in the, uh, excuse me, the ways we highlight fasting in our guide are ways that we think will will help contribute to athletic performance, fat loss, and muscle gain, which and is why, what you, right, but which is why we don't, we don't cover long fasts in there, like 48 and 72 hour fasts. Those are also fasts and there are health benefits to those, yeah. but those probably will have some short-term performance, uh, you know, athletic performance detriments, potential, right? So we didn't really put those in the guide. But there's, I think what he's also asking is, because he did say a little more on this question, if I, re- if I recall correctly, you know, can you have like uh, bulletproof coffee in the morning? Is that considered fasting? Can you have, you know, super low calories, but hmm. still considered fasting? There's lots of science coming out on the effects of fasting. Here's some of the stuff that they're currently testing. 
Well, can we, just, can we just say right out the gates that if you're taking in calories, it's not fasting? Well, not in the classical sense, however, or not in the, if we're being very technical, however, there <laughs> I are... Think, I don't think that's being very technical. I think the <laughs> definition of fasting is not to eat and then well, to, it's, to it's take Well, it's a different care. thing going on. It's you're a different, focused more on, yeah, yeah like Are there into benefits ketosis. to super low calories or right. no carbohydrates? Yeah, right, then, and then I was I just going to say, like a, like a fast means nothing. However, there's science, and they are calling it, they're using terms fast in there, which is why I want to you know cover this. Like fat fasting. Fat fasting would be uh, you wake up in the morning, you have a very high fat, uh, you know, uh, some fat intake. So bulletproof coffee would be an example, which would be coconut oil, butter and coffee or MCT oil and coffee. And then you have nothing all day long. So although you didn't technically fast, you're what's called fat fasting, which will elevate ketones and they have their own reasons for doing that. Then there's uh, there's studies now showing that simply eating under 500 calories for two or three days in a row will give you the similar benefits, if not the same benefits, to fasting. Although the the the, the studies haven't come out completely conclusive, there there are, there is some evidence now showing that that would give you some benefits. So rather than completely avoiding food, maybe just having two days a week of really really low calories. So there are there is different things that are coming out. And then if you look at the benefits of fasting. You also want to consider um, some of the benefits come from the fact that you have uh, extremely low insulin and you have no glucose or very, very low right. glucose in your blood. Yeah, you're and depleting your body. Yeah, so ketosis simulates fasting in many ways also. In fact, being in ketosis all the time for long periods of time may simulate starvation and in for some people can cause detrimental effects long term which is why sometimes it's good to come out explain ketosis and when that would happen in the body ketosis happens in the body when you're an absence of carbohydrates when protein intake is low to moderate and you have a very high fat intake so your body's producing ketones um, and that's where it's getting its energy from and it's getting very little to no glucose from maybe gluconeogenesis from you know protein and none from carbohydrates so you have what are called ketone bodies in your in your blood um, and there's it has its own benefits however it does mimic in many ways what fasting does because your body kind of thinks you're starving as well to a much much lower degree so and I, i'd like to point out to our listeners uh especially those that are just like really tuning in, in the last six months with us we talk a lot about uh the ketogenic diet ketones uh the body going into ketosis because there's a lot of uh, emerging science emerging science on this right now this is a lot of a lot of good information is coming out that five six years ago uh we wouldn't have been talking about we mm. would not uh in fact five six years ago we were demonizing fat we were freaked out by it we were freaked out by cholesterol we were uh, you know, we would have thought that, oh, my God, you could never be an athlete and not be carb loading before sports like so this uh, and the science is coming out proving otherwise and has been for the last year or so a lot. I mean, it has been for some time now, but you, we're getting more and more. This is why you hear us talking about this. So, yeah, it's in complete know. contrast with common knowledge, which, well, you know, is something that's hard a lot of times to get people to break out of. But we'll see. See, what's interesting is, you know, Adam, you're saying like all this new science and there is some new science coming out. But there was a lot of old science that people ignored. Uh, there were studies uh, in the 1980s showing uh, male gymnasts on ketogenic diets after being on them for two months had no reduction in athletic performance. And in fact, some of them showed a slight improvement. Um, so that flew in the face of the whole, you need to have carbs to, to perform mm-hmm. um, or to, to build muscle. Um, there was uh, the evidence showing that uh, fat was the cause of heart disease and issues 
uh, was almost non-existent. Uh, it was actually horrible science, the one that did exist, and there wasn't very good, there wasn't any, um, you know, uh, controlled science showing that uh, having a diet high in carbohydrates and low in fat would help. <clears throat> so the science has actually been there for a while. It's just uh, we were, I hate to say the word lied to, but... Um, we were, and then what got behind that was the big marketing machine that got behind all that stuff and the food industry followed suit. And now we have all all these different problems that we have, but really we kind of knew this stuff before we knew we've known it for a while. They, you know, uh, they, there were documented studies showing, uh, low, low carbohydrate, higher fat diet, um, had, you know, uh, positive effects on, you know, blood markers on fat loss on, you know, improvements on insulin, all these, all these different things. So but as far as fasting is concerned, um, a lot of the information that we we received against fasting uh, came from zero science. There was no science. This, 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 the, it was all marketing based. It was all pushed by the food industry that wants you to eat breakfast, wants you to eat lunch, wants you to eat dinner. It was pushed by a fitness industry that's driven by supplement sales. So they want you to have their protein bars and their shakes in between meals and all this other stuff. So there was nothing that said fasting was was bad for you. Nothing at all. Um, and the funny thing is, uh, and I want to touch on this uh, in, in, when it comes to fasting, I get a lot of people who they won't even try it because they'll tell me, oh, I get so cranky when I skip a meal or mm-hmm. I get low blood sugar when I... When, you know, when I don't eat. Well, here's the here's a real science. The real science shows blood sugar levels stabilize and are better controlled for most healthy people fasting, not the other way around. You don't get these crashes in sugar and blood sugar. That's actually false, except for a small category of people. Um, number two, the whole cranky. I don't. If I don't eat, I get cranky and I'm starving. We need to. Uh, we we don't separate the psychological effect. I was going to say that sounds like a drug addict who doesn't get yeah. their cocaine for two days. Uh, well, it's, like, it's, I can't function it's without it. I have to take it. If you knew how I felt, like yeah. it's it's. But even with cocaine, there's a physiological effect. With right. skipping one or two meals, there isn't. It's it's very much a psychological. For example, if you don't believe, well, you could argue, believe, you could argue there's some physiology. Well, there's a little bit of ghrelin response, right? Yeah, for get, like a you know, in a body that in a body that is very adapted to, to utilizing carbohydrates as its primary source of fuel getting teaching it and retraining the keto no, you're shaking I'm, your head i disagree I'm shaking, i'll you. tell you why because here's the thing i'm talking about skipping one meal you will get oh, yeah, you yeah. will get people in the fitness industry like i have five meals a day if i meet if i miss just one of them i'm fucking pissed i'm oh, i get yeah. cranky Wait. no no bullshit. i thought you're talking about fasting you're talking about somebody who's never yeah, fasted 12 hours fast 12 hours don't so, skip breakfast well, just skip breakfast you have 12, people listening right now freaking out saying i'm wrong and here's the thing if i right now they could test you right now think of food They'll test your hormone levels. They'll test chemicals in your brain. And guess what's going to happen? Your salivary glands will produce more saliva. Simply thinking or anticipating that you're supposed no to one's, eat. No one's debating there's not a psychological piece to this. There's 100% a psychological piece to this. What I'm telling, trying to tell you is that there, there's something that physiologically is happening to us when we don't consume for 17 hours of food. And you've never done that before. If your body is so adapted to consuming four to 600 carbohydrates or whatever it is, and that's it's ready for that fuel all the time, and then for the first time ever, you decide to take it away for 15 hours yeah dude you could feel a difference well let me but ask you the body will get adapted to it and it's and the the part of it that freaks you out is more psychological but there's something physically that's happening well let me you. ask you guys this what's the number one thing uh people will say to you guys when they first actually try fasting the but, first time 
how, oh, they can't believe how energetic they still are. And how easy it was. Yeah. Like, oh, I wasn't even hungry. I know. I'm telling you right now, the vast majority of people who For freak like 80% out. 80% of people. Who, yes. Yeah. The vast majority of people right now who are freaking out and saying, oh, if I skip a meal, my blood sugar drops and I get I get cranky and I get... It's because of your anticipation or, or that you're that you're supposed to have a meal. Well, like, also, oh my God, I was yeah. supposed to eat. It's noon and that's already 2 p.m. I'm so angry. Also think about how hydrating you know your body, how that plays into effect because a lot Huge. of people do not even focus on that you know that's not a main focal point because they're always considering like how they're going to get their food you know and then that's just an accessory to their food absolutely like simply thinking of food seeing food smelling food cause very measurable changes in the body which will stimulate appetite if you anticipate food if i know it's a certain time and i'm supposed to eat and i didn't that can anticipate uh, uh, that can cause reactions in my body that's anticipating food. It doesn't get it. Now I have this cranky feeling, whatever. But when people go into fasting, the reason why we get all these messages from people who say it was so easy is because they understand they're not going to eat. Like, okay, today I'm not going to eat breakfast. Right. They go in understanding that, all of a sudden it's easier. They're mentally ready. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, you yeah. definitely have to get mentally ready. You can't just like, boom, like cold turkey and like go like 24 hours. Yeah, I, well, a couple of things I want to point out too that I, you know we didn't address that... I think that uh, intermittent fasting is not something that I teach to somebody first. You know, I, I think it's important to understand uh, how to fuel your body properly um, before you get into uh, advanced things like this and expecting to feel a certain way or expecting to get certain things out of it. If your, you know, your fiber is fucked up, your sugar intake is fucked up, your amount of healthy fats is fucked up. And then all of a sudden you said, oh, I heard the boys from Mind Pump say, you know, fasting is so healthy and so great for me. And then they have all these adverse effects or they don't they don't see any results from it. Well, it's because that, that's not the order of operation of course, here. Yeah. You know, you need to you need to first. And that's why we really didn't talk a lot about it at first. You know, we talked a lot about our nutrition guide and told people like learning the balance of foods and understanding where you should be getting a majority of your calories from and. Well, this makes me too. This makes me think of like, you know, I've been trying to work through this with my, my father and, and, uh, you know, that, that's a great point. That's the first thing you want to do is really like understand, you know, what you're putting in your body and the quality of it and, and where you're getting all your nutrients from and fiber and all these things. And then the next step from that, like, you know, if it is an intermittent fasting style, I'm going to have it just be one simple thing. It's, it's breakfast. Right. You know, let's hold off on breakfast. Let's start with that one day this week. You're not eating breakfast. And then we slowly ramp up the process. So, yeah. you know, it, it's something that's measurable that they can, they can see, Oh, that wasn't so bad. Maybe I can do two this week or, you know, and, and then, and then from there they can assess like what strategies are going to work best to implement. But and also, you know, and this is anecdotal. In my experience, I feel like, you know, just 12 hour, 12 hour mark is really when the benefits start to kick in. And of course, everybody is different, right? Like our bodies are all very unique. So that's a very arbitrary number that I'm just throwing out there. But for the most part, it really starts to kick in at 12. So I'm always pushing for 15 to 17 is where you're really going to start and beyond. Do you guys notice a switch? Do you guys notice like, Oh yeah. I, you do, is it, oh, for, yeah. is it 12 for you? Yeah. yeah you it's, it. yeah, it's around that between 10 and 12 mark. I, you know, where I feel my body, Oh, it, it's used to getting food about now and I want it. And then I break through that mentally and then boom, all of a sudden I feel good and mm -hmm. I have energy mm -hmm. and I'm fine. Um, and a lot of times the workout promotes that a lot of times I'll be heading into my workout 
right before because uh, I've read a lot of good studies too uh, regarding that. That's the best way to break the fast is to let's say um, you know I'm at that 12 to 15 hour mark. I go work out and then post workout is when I'll have my first uh, refeed. So uh, that's kind of how I would do it. And I feel like going into the workout, I think like, oh, I think in my head, oh, this is going to be challenging. But in fact, once I break that sweat, get going, I actually feel great. I mm-hmm. feel a spike mm-hmm. in energy. But, you know, really pushing that beyond that 12 hour mark is where a lot of it, because I know some people, too, who naturally already go like 10 hours and don't eat like they, they don't eat breakfast. They don't eat till their first meal till like a 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning. And they're going like, oh, well, I kind of intermittent fast already. And really, you're not. You've, your body's got so adapted to that time frame of being fed all the time you're not really skipping anything you ate eight o'clock at night so you're making it what is that 10 hours or so i think studies show what something like the the real benefits they'll kick in after like 14 or 12 it's 12 is when they start to kick in like that's that's the that's the sweet spot but like i said it's all everybody's a little bit different that's why i encourage people to push to 15 to 17 hours because if you're pushing to 15 to 17 you've not only have the benefits kicked in but now you're really starting to tap into fat and switch over it as your primary source of fuel for a good four to five hours of your day, whether it be just sitting down or walking around or even working out. So, you know, pushing the fast uh, beyond that time. But for sure, I mean, you have to get the balanced eating down first. I mean, that's before you start to incorporate something like this is, you know, fueling your body properly before you start, you know, thinking that you're going to get this advanced or super great results from incorporating this. 406 Montana Viking is asking about your schedules. When do you work out? What time do you eat? What do you eat? That type of thing. We're all very different. It's too personal. Next question. (laughs) (laughs) This kind of is, I mean, it's a great continuation of what we just did right here with the um, flexible intermittent fasting because we all do intermittent fasting. You probably do it the most. Uh, it depends. Uh, lately, I've had to back off a little bit because I, I'm getting. I mean, this is going to sound stupid, but um, I don't want to get any leaner. I don't want to get. I don't want to keep going down because uh, if I get too lean, then I'm gonna start noticing detrimental effects. So I've backed off a little bit. Um, fasting is for me now. I always eat healthy, so you know, like Adam said, um, you got to eat right. Fasting doesn't make up for that. But uh, when I incorporate fasting along with eating the way I do. Um, it just, I just get lean and, uh, it happens very quickly. And if I stick with it, um, I'll just keep going lower and lower and lower. And so I don't want my body weight to go below a certain amount, but, um, I, I think all of our schedules have kind of changed now, right? Since we, mm-hmm. since we went full time. Yeah. You want to talk about how we're eating now versus yeah. how we were eating just two months yeah. ago or how we typically, yeah, I, mean, I tend to fast a lot more now because the, the, yeah, well, because the, the movement isn't, isn't what it used to be because we're sitting a lot more and, um, you know, I, I tend to, I tend to expand off of, you know, the morning a bit more. So I don't really tend to eat breakfast at all. Mm. Uh, you know, I'll just have like a black coffee or I have some coffee, uh, you know, with some uh, MCT or something like that, uh, you know, depending on the day. But, uh, for the most part, I try to, I really extend it out to even like three o'clock or so. That's when I'll, I'll usually tend to, to start eating or maybe even later, maybe I'll be, you know, later at night, but, uh, I tend to I tend to keep within that like window of, of, of between three and eight. Yeah, see, my, my schedule changed quite a bit. Um, you know, obviously everybody in here in the room here uh, prioritizes our, our workouts, um, and I, I for me, uh, I prioritize my workout. It's like one of my top uh, priorities, and in part of it's because yes, I like to take care of my body, but a big part of it is I notice the detrimental effects when I miss it on my cognition, on my motivation, on my mood. 
Uh, it's like the best antidepressant. It's the best stress reliever. It, it's just if I miss my workouts, it takes away from my work. So it's just something I, I make a very high priority. So since starting full time, you know, uh, with you guys, I've had to change when I work out so that it could be very consistent because I like to be very very consistent. Well, see, you did it. I think in, in, in the right good. way. You know, like where you go early. I just yeah. I I had to end up going later, which sucks, and it's been like affecting you know my workouts a bit. But uh, you know, I'm trying to organize it better now where I can get it in. Uh, you know, going forward. Yeah, because I don't like. I don't. Well, one like, of you, you, Sal, run us through it. Let's run everybody. I mean, you're you're definitely the most neurotic when it comes to this. Oh yeah, Justin, 100%. Justin and I are way more, more consistent. Flushed. No, neurotic would be <laughs> neurotic, right neurotic. He finds it. I think. I think he does a great job of spinning. Like we, the we stop for nuts. Yeah, you know, randomly. Yeah, just you, because it's in, I, in his like time I, frame. Part of why I wanted to talk about this because I know uh, Sal has so many uh, fans. And um, I'm trying to convert them. Uh, no, really, though. <laughs> My fans are your fans. He he uh, he's very special, and and I think he's probably one of the only people I've ever met in special my Olympics. in my life that uh, maintains a, a body fat percentage um, as lean as he does year round without tracking or like goal setting or yeah. really making this like huge effort. Like he really makes staying lean and fit uh and he it, 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 he embodies the whole lifestyle he very, just does it he does yeah. and, and but i think it's imp- like literally this guy is the guy who yesterday fucking shows up to work and he's got two cans of sardines that he cracks open and then oh, and son of a bitch then he eats new smells in here that and, we gotta deal with and then he Every eats, time, eats uh, two avocados straight yeah. out of the avocado skin with he's a got spoon his farty eggs that he brings out right the, after then that he, then yeah. he shows up this morning with you know like eight egg hard-boiled eggs and eats just the egg whites. No, he just eat, the yolk. Yeah, yeah, or just, yeah the just the yolk. yolk yeah, excuse yeah, me. He's, he eats very uh, unconventional and doesn't have a problem with that. And a lot of people struggle with this, um, and you don't. And I think it's important that you you, under, you understand that, and so does everybody else, because I always am pressing people like to track and look at stuff and follow, and you're like, Mr. Anti-Don't-Do-Any-Of-That. And I'm like, you know, I've never met anybody before that has this ability to just always eat those lame ass foods and always <laughs> make sure he eats no matter. a good point, though. It is, well, right? Well, I mean, I, here's yeah. the thing. Here's it's the thing. Like, nobody does that. No, nobody. No, no, I'm me, sorry. You're alone. No, you're in a lonely. Okay, but yeah. that's okay. It's good, though. Let me explain. Let me explain what's going on. Uh, tracking your food, you know, counting your calories, counting your carbs, your proteins, your fat, all that shit, that's neurotic. Okay, what I do is not neurotic. Let me explain. Let me explain my position. I uh, there are different levels that you reach with understanding your body's health, how it feels, how it responds. Uh, uh, you know what feels good, uh, what affects everything from your skin, your digestion, your sleep, your mood, and it's a it's a level that is very difficult to reach, and it takes a lot of work, self reflection. It takes a lot of being objective. Um, it takes a lot. There's a lot of mental work that goes into it. I enjoy, for example, Adam talked about me eating sardines the other day with avocado. I enjoy the taste of them. Is it because they're delicious? I have no fucking idea. Why do I enjoy the taste of them? I enjoy the way they make me feel. And it's not me. I didn't literally think to myself, like, I need to have sardines because it's got this much fat. I knew that for the past few days, my fatty acid profile felt a certain way because inflammation was a little higher. I'm going to have more omega-3 fatty acids. So sardines are a good source. I like the way it makes me feel. That makes me enjoy the way it tastes. Going by feel takes a long time. So when Adam says, you know, I'm neurotic, no, the reality is I was neurotic. 
I was very neurotic. I had everything measured out and weighed, and I had all these meals planned and all this bullshit going on. The reality is now my neuroticism is far less because I can go by how I feel, uh, how my body's responding, what I need. And for a while there, uh, for like maybe a month or two, I was fasting uh, 24-hour fast twice a week, and I was doing 12 to 14-hour fasts uh, most days on top of that. Um, I started getting too lean, and so now uh, my schedule looks a little bit different. Um, so I'll break it down, right? So I wake up uh, 4.45 in the morning. Uh, I do some reading. Uh, I'll take uh, if I take any supplements, it'll be fish oil and vitamin D um, and a probiotic. Then maybe forty minutes later, uh, I'll have coffee. Uh, I've been having Chimera coffee. I'll blend in some MCT oil, um, some butter. Um, I'll have add a little bit of raw cacao in there. I'll drink that. Then I'll go work out, and I'm usually at the gym by six thirty. Um, I do my workout and now incorporates lots of functional movement. So my workout change is, is a little bit different. Now, as of right now, I come back. We come here to record. So I'm usually here by 9, 9.15. And lately, I've been eating at that time only because the fasting has gotten me. Like I said, I don't want my weight to drop too low. So I'm having bacon, uh, egg yolks, uh, avocado or sardines, avocado, or it's just bacon. So that's typically what I'll be doing. I don't have another meal till... Either till the evening, 7 o'clock at night, or in the middle of the day, I'll have some macadamia nuts. Um, and so far, I've been feeling good doing that. Now, it'll change, definitely going to change based on um, how I feel, how my body's feeling. I mean, last night I had lots of lamb, um, lamb meat. Tonight, I may go uh, in that direction again, and I feel like I'm feeling like I might have some bison. Um, like, again, because I'm reading the signals that my body's telling me. But I think, you know, uh, what's important because, you know, what Adam said, uh, you could ignore most of it, but some of it's very important. And what was important, <laughs> what was important is that he's pointing out, and all, all joking aside, this is a serious now, all joking aside, what's important is that he's highlighting that the way I do it um, took a lot of work on yeah. my part to get to this point. So it's for the average person, Tracking is very important because you're not even at the point where you understand what is in your food. You have no idea what you're eating. You don't well, even know. I see where, where Adam was trying to bring us into the average person's mindset. Yes. And so that's why I was appreciating where he was going with that because like it's very not typical what you do. No, you know? it and takes so a lot. That's lo- why we're, yeah, we're it's, highlighting that. It's not, it even, it's not that it's not, we're making fun of you for it. Oh, we're I know, we're, we're I appreciating yeah. it. It's not even that it's and, not even that it's not typical. It's that I've literally, I'm around people that walk around 4% body fat on a very, very nobody does. Yeah. He's the I only know. person. I know. That's well, what I'm saying. It's but very, unique. you got to look at the circle of people that you hang out well, with. I the people that are walking around at 4% body fat. I hang out know. with, I hang out with people like you. I don't hang out with bodybuilders. My point is I'm around the bodybuilders all the time because yes. that's what I do. But, <laughs> but even, they're not healthy. Though. Yeah. Other, yeah. Right. other smart people and other fitness guys like us, nobody eats like you, bro. I'm I don't sorry. know. Nobody I bet does. you, I bet you if we, if we hung out with like the Dom Diagostinos, like the, you really you think know? so? You see his body fat percentage. You really think that he eats like you? I he don't did. We, when we interviewed him, we asked just him what he had for breakfast. Because he told you he had a breakfast like you, you really think he eats like you every day? I and think he looks like that? I, no way, bro. I, I don't know. I'd no. be surprised. Oh, well. I, I don't even need to ask him. Maybe. If you if he ate like you, he would be lean like you. He does. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it takes a, it takes a certain amount of discipline to do what you do day in and day out, and you sometimes say things 
that make the average listener think that it is that simple. Yeah, and it's not. It's not. Well, no, it no. takes time to get to well, that. And yeah. also, I would I would highlight to the fact that I I feel like a lot of it might stem from the fact that you know going through the issues that you went through with your stomach and and, and researching. Oh, huge. And, you know what I mean? Like, huge. Like a lot was, of like even for me, like I can assimilate like a lot of shitty food, no problem. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So what? Where's the motivation coming out of for me Excellent personally point. to? Uh, uh, to live along that, you know, line. Excellent point, because uh, I was forced in this direction. I was absolutely forced in this direction by some of my reactions to food and uh, autoimmune issues. And if I didn't go in this direction, uh, my life would suck. It would suck right now. I would be in a very, very bad position. So uh, sometimes, and this is just the way, look, you can say whatever you want, call it, you know, God, say the universe or whatever, but sometimes we'll call it god whatever sometimes you are forced you you think you know what you want but you're forced to to figure out what you need and there's a difference between what you want and what you need and at the at the time i just wanted to build muscle and i wanted to be able to eat protein powders and bars and all shitty food to you know need all those grams of protein and my my and whatever it was told me no this is what you need we're going to force your ass and uh, it was a hard lesson. It took me a long time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's absolute, absolutely, Justin, what you just said was 100% accurate. I was mm. kind of forced in this direction. Mm-hmm. And you'll find people with issues like Crohn's, irritable bowel syndrome, uh, people with autoimmune disorders, uh, they will have a level of understanding of food mm-hmm. uh, that is much higher than even your typical fitness, uh, you know, person or guru because you're kind of forced to you know what i mean you're yeah. in pain yeah which is uh, very typical for me i would like to hear justin since he's now the ex- the opposite i would say i mean yeah. not the opposite but i mean i think uh if the he's furthest, very different from us yeah you're yeah. the furthest from probably sal and i'm probably somewhere in the middle right. i would think right yeah no because workouts typically like i mean i i definitely am very disciplined with workouts but my workouts even um like i'm not I'm not in there to 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 really like sharpen, fine tune all this, and like present myself and really you know back check how I'm looking and all this kind of stuff. Like my my focus is completely different. So same thing with food. So with food, really, it's 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 more on an energy level. It's it's more on like a maintenance level. It's more on like um, you know where am I at as far as like. Uh, so you're not trying to gain weight. You're not trying to assess. You're not yeah. trying to gain weight. You're not trying to lose weight. No. You're all about how you how you perform in the gym. How does your day feel? How is it affecting my performance? How are my energy levels? Am I sleeping good? Um, you, you know, like, is there a way that I can improve uh, uh, based off of, like, my environment right now? So if I'm sitting more often, I'm going to adjust and I'm going to change that just based off of that alone. Um, and then, but meanwhile, I'm definitely trying to always, for me, it's for me, it's more of a pull towards wanting to go in the sal direction right so i have that in my mindset of like i want to focus on this because it makes me feel good uh however for me like i i tend to 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 make compromises um because you know family uh you know like friends like you know situations on the weekends these kinds of things like i tend to be a bit more flexible with that and then i'll 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 try to then, you know, refocus myself if I get too far away from that. So I'm not, I guess, I guess it's, it's, it's so not you, as per, like, so like, being very real and straight up, do you have like, um, 
a weight on the scale or a, a way you look that you're like you always you allow yourself like this flexibility of you know some latitude I, i'll let myself kind of mm-hmm. enjoy food a little bit That's a good but then question when i get to a certain point yeah. this is where you it, know how do you really it's how like i'm feeling in my clothes it's okay. it, you know it's how i'm looking um but then again you know like uh, um as far as performance goes and all that, like I, I tend to, to to focus more on that. Let me ask you a question, Justin. When we first started recording, uh, you would talk a lot about your um, uh, gastric uh, right. uh, acid reflux. reflux. Acid, excuse me, acid, acid reflux. Have you changed anything? Is there? Are, have you gotten more under control through diet? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, and and I'm glad you brought that up. I have uh, ever since going through that process. It's it's highlighted other. Um, uh, focuses especially with carbohydrates. So wow, really? I drastically changed my carbohydrate intake because of that alone um, because I, I realized that that was a, a humongous contributor to my acid reflux and it wasn't the acids. Like I thought, you know, initially it was like the timing of it because, mm-hmm. you know, the timing of it can affect. Um, so I don't, I try not to eat too late. So that's definitely something that I still, you know, try to do because mm-hmm. it'll, it'll come up, you know, mm-hmm. and that's something I struggle with. Um, but I've learned to, um, you know, be able to bring down my internal acid by, you know, lowering my carbohydrate intake, especially for dinner. You know, that's a big one for me. Like I don't have carbs for dinner at all. And that made a big difference. Yeah. Big difference. You know, what's interesting. Uh, so a lot of the drugs and stuff that you can buy over the counter or from the doctor that will reduce the, uh, amount of acid output that your stomach will produce. I don't know what they're called. I know Pepsid is one of them, yeah, right? Pepsid that, AC. They're they're linking Prilosec. that. Yeah, they're linking that now to Alzheimer's, uh, d- uh, cognitive decline later mm-hmm. on. You know, like all these things. Which is that scary we for me because Alzheimer's is definitely something in my family. Is so, it really? Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's interesting, right? Like we try to control like a symptom of the problem rather than the the actual root cause, and we end up causing other problems. Uh, you know, down the road. So yeah, yeah. It's a little bit of what, what Sean talked about, right? Yep. Mind to Muscle is asking about delayed onset muscle soreness or DOMS. Is this a good indicator of an effective workout? Or if not, what is? That's what DOMS is. DOMS is delayed onset muscle soreness. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this in the past has been used by a lot of uh, fitness professionals uh, and people who work out as an indicator of an effective workout. And you hear people say this all the time, right? Like, uh, man, I had a great workout. My legs were so sore. Or man, I hit my delts. Tried this new workout. They got so sore. It was awesome. Um, DOMS is or soreness is a poor, a very poor uh, indicator of an effective workout. It uh, it will it will indicate damage to some extent, um, but it doesn't really indicate how effective the workout was. Is well, it going to elicit change? Is it going to cause? Muscle growth. Are you, you know, going to improve? If just get if getting sore was a great indicator of an effective workout, then the science of training and the science of exercise wouldn't exist. It'd be easy. Mm-hmm. It would be so easy just to get people sore. You could just get a, you know what, uh, five hundred lunges. Yeah. You know, uh, you'll be sore and you'll and you'll have a great workout. I mean, honestly, uh, it's a sign of overtraining. It so, can be. Yeah, yeah. It's it's typically a sign of overtraining. In fact, probably ninety percent of the time, it's a sign of overtraining. Um, I think really the best indicator is is comparing your workouts and your load. And if I so my goal is, let's say I'm, I'm coming back and today I I'm doing uh, we're doing bench press and the last time I did bench press. You know, I did X amount of sets for X amount of reps and weight, and I was able to increase the volume somehow, whether it be through sets or reps or weight, I was able to increase it. 
without getting sore, that would be a better indicator of progress than anything else. If I can actually increase volume and I don't get sore from it, you're heading the right track. Because what what happens when we when we use soreness as an indicator is the the, the, it ends up carrying over into the next workout and it hinders other movements. It's really tough to uh, push the body and then it, it, to that limit to where I'm sore and then to think that it's not going to affect other movements that you do the, the next day. So really, you, you're wanting to come into every workout as fresh as you possibly can um, it, with with continued progress with by overloading like as far as volume. So to me, I would be looking at that more than anything else. Am I pushing more weight? Am I doing more sets or more repetitions? Uh, regardless if I'm sore or not. In fact, I'm it, to me it's a huge win if I'm increasing volume without getting right. sore. You yeah, know? let me ask you guys: Do you guys even ever really well, regularly get sore anymore? I would I would argue that if I'm doing something that's a new stimulus, so if it's a new type of a movement, like I'm more likely to be sore from that yes. but like as far as a routine uh uh you know staple exercise that's in my workout no i don't get sore well look at we just did uh we were together the other day <clears throat> and we did bent presses and, and then mm. i did walking lunges both m- new stimuluses for my body uh-huh. so i'm doing that with i was doing the bent presses all i did was literally four sets of it the first one was like light just my body weight warming up so i really only did three working sets the working sets i'm holding on to 20 to 30 pounds nothing that really heavy then i go do walking lunges i do walking lunges with uh what was it 60 pounds on my back that's nothing you know yeah. what i'm saying that was super light but because i knew and i only did three sets yeah. i knew that i hadn't done that same and i'm sore as fuck so technically right. i probably could have peeled it back a little bit i didn't even need to go that far to get some benefits from it so that's what i mean by like i'm always trying to do just the just them out without getting any sore like if i can add something to my routine or increase volume or change up an exercise and not get too sore. That's the idea. Otherwise, I mean, I got pretty damn that's sore. That's a good point, especially introducing these new movements. Like you, you want to keep it like low volume, like low low intensity, intensity. Yeah. Uh, just just really just hone in on that new movement and then start ramping it up as you get better. Very well, I mean, gradually. We are, we don't even know a hundred percent of what causes soreness or you know what that really. Ne- we know there's some damage there. There's a lot of theories, you know, one of them has to do with how the the muscle, you know, the, the sliding filament theory and how those attachment with muscle fibers, when they attach and you rip them apart through through force, that causes, mm-hmm. you know, some damage. And so changing the resistance and the position of the, of the filaments and the contraction, you know, of the muscle can cause different points to be torn off that maybe they're not used to and that can cause damage. But there's a lot of theories, but we don't even know 100% of what it really how to, what it re- really causes it and you know what it kind of means i mean your diet can affect your soreness i know i can make myself more sore from the same workout just, by changing my I'm diet i'm glad you brought that up because that's another yeah. point because you if you were uh i n- always notice when i'm lower like if i'm in, uh, depleted right i'm cutting uh my recovery is way slower and i'm way sore when i'm loaded on more nutrients uh, I don't get as sore, you know, mm-hmm. so that's a that's a fact. That's more of a factor there, too. That's why I say, you know, if you can increase volume and not get sore at all, that, that's still a success, man. Mm-hmm. You don't need to necessarily feel the workout to to uh, uh, for as it being an indicator that you did a good workout. Now, that being said, uh, can you train a sore muscle? Yes, oh, yeah. you can. In mm-hmm. fact, training a sore muscle appropriately, I want to I emphasize that word, um, will and can facilitate recovery. 
So if my you know legs are really, really sore because I had a heavy workout and I want to maybe accelerate recovery, I might go do some very light, very light, full range of motion leg exercises to stretch the legs, to contract them, to pump blood in and out, and to continue sending a muscle building signal. In fact, this is some of the uh, this is a little bit of the the the, the reasoning behind uh, trigger, trigger sessions yeah. and focus sessions that you'll find in Maps Anabolic and Maps Aesthetic. Um, utilizing these things while you're sore, mm-hmm. one of the first things you'll notice when you do a trigger session properly is you recover faster, even though you may be sore the following day. Working that muscle appropriately. Accelerates its recovery and actually sends a louder muscle building signal. So, soreness is just a bad indicator all the way around, except for, like Adam was saying, uh, you might have done too much if there's a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. Corinne Ciara is asking the best approach to losing body fat in midsection. She eats clean, does cardio, does maps, but I guess she has a little bit more to take off. Mm. Adam, you were saying some. You made some really good points off air. Yeah, I like. Uh, I want. I picked this question, even though it seems so basic. I think a, this this can help a lot of people. Um, it, obviously, I think it's probably one of the most common areas I think clients have ever asked. Like, right when they come to you, they're like, "I want to know how consistently, you know, frequent, like all these these factors together, like you know, like there, how how often that's been interrupted." Well, yeah, this is important. Well, even this case, okay, so, and this is where I can relate. Let's pr- let's pretend she's dialed on all these things, and she's been dialed for let's say fucking seven months straight. Okay, dialed. Um, this was very uh, eye opening for me when I got ready for the even before I got ready for my first show. So before I got decided I even was going to compete, I had decided I was going to take myself from the worst shape of my life to the best shape of my life. And at that kid, at that point in my life, I was only twenty percent body. I was nineteen point nine, I think, is what I was. So 20% body fat isn't like even considered obese or anything. So we have a lot of people that have been out of, out of shape for 20, 30 years of their life. My point to that is this, that so I went from being somebody who had fallen out of shape. I was out of shape for about a year and a half, two years where I carried a higher body fat percentage. I decided to get in the best shape of my life. I get all the way down to 7% body fat. That was the lowest I'd ever been at that time. But yet I still had this like pouch of fat on my lower abdominals. And it was like, what the fuck? Like, I'm seven, I'm the leanest I've ever been in my life, but yet my stomach's not the flattest it's ever been in my life. And it was really weird to me uh, to notice this. And then I noticed, okay, I, I got, to, I cut down and I decided, okay, now I'm gonna go back to building muscle. So I went to a caloric surplus and then I added some weight and size. Then I decided, okay, I'm gonna get ready for a show. And then when I got ready for my first show, I got really lean, but I, and for the average person, they didn't notice it, but I still had this, I still had that a little bit, but it was less this time, but it was still there a little bit. And I noticed it took about three times for me to, of building muscle, cutting back down, building muscle, cutting back down before my body completely eliminated that fat in that area. Now, why that helped me out as a coach and as a trainer so much is I realized, holy shit. I've only been carrying on an extra body fat in that area for a year and a half, two years. How about my people that have been dealing with this for 20 years of their life? How mm-hmm. stubborn is that going to be for them? And how long are they going to, or how many times are they going to have to reduce body fat and get to that point? So that if you've, if you've carried extra weight in your stomach area for a very long period of time, it takes a long time to completely eliminate it. Now, some people genetically... It happens miraculously for them, and they get lean well, the first time. Can we just talk about something that I don't think we ever talk about, and that's that we're going against a lot of biological mechanisms in our body to keep us alive 
And, you know, there's a survival instinct that's built in, in our wiring that there's a reason why we fucking store fat. Yeah. You know, there's a reason. It's energy. It's your body wants to keep energy in your body. You're, you're not like if you're in the wild and you're lean, you know, and you're you're trying to survive like who's going to die first. You're going to die <laughs> if the fat guy's going to win in that situation. Like as far as like, you know, being efficient at at storing calories and storing energy. However, uh, you know, there's a sweet spot, you know. And so like when, when you look at uh, a chart. You know, you, you look at a chart like the, the, there'll be ranges of like kind of healthy zone and then extreme, you know, and then there's also like, you know, unhealthy when you get in excess of fat. So I, I feel like I don't know. I feel like we get away a lot from that sort of sweet spot because we're a fitness podcast, because we stress a lot of the fact that everybody wants to be so aesthetic and have a six pack and all that shit. And like, let's be honest, you're going against biological mechanisms that are keeping you alive when you go you know in into more extremes and it's harder because you're fighting those mechanisms you are uh and we also need to consider something uh your hormone so yes your genetics largely determine where you store body fat and where you lose it so spot reduction for the most part um is splitting hairs but you also want to consider this um your hormones um and internal chemicals in your body have been shown in several studies now to determine to some some extent where you'll store body fat. Um, if the high when men have high testosterone levels, they tend to store less body fat around their midsection. When they have higher estrogen levels, uh, they'll store more body fat uh, in more female patterns uh, around the chest um, and around the hips. Hmm. Women, uh, if their testosterone level is too high, they'll store more around the midsection. Um, insulin is a very big one. High ins- people who have issues with insulin or insulin uh, insensitivity tend to store more body fat around the midsection. These are the people they call apples, right? There's apples and pears. In terms so this of is all you big carb and sugar eaters, you correct? Know, or alcohol drinkers. What you so may those, f- those are big, oh, right? Yeah, That's very, one. very. A lot of times I'll have somebody. This is common. I'll have somebody who's very skinny looking, and then they have this pooch, this little pooch. Right. And nine times out of ten, I can guarantee you that that person is a, a carb lover, a sugar lover, or an alcohol oh, drinker. Mm-hmm. You know, which is all related to the insulin, like Sal's saying. So mm-hmm. that's keep yeah, that in mind. So, so you know, reducing. So, what they find in, in in several studies now is that people who tend to store body fat around their midsection do very well uh, with low carbohydrate diets, better than people who store body fat in their lower body or pears. Hmm. So, when they compare the two, they find that. When apples uh, go on a low carbohydrate diet versus pears who go on a low carbohydrate diet, and but they're both calorie restricted, the fat loss will be greater with the apples than it will be with the pears. What if you're, what if you're, you're, you're referring to yeah, you're referring to body yeah, types, right? Body types, yeah, yeah. Right, so right. When just, when uh, shapes, says, apple shape, big yeah, yellow banana. Yeah, versus <laughs> versus yeah. your body shape is like a pear. So your hormones play a, a big role. Also, insulin. Uh, you know, insulin is a fat storing hormone. Like raising, spiking insulin all the time is going to promote. Fat storage, especially when it's independent of catecholamine production, which are the epinephrine, norepinephrine, you know, type of chemicals in the body. So, uh, eating sugary meals probably going to promote fat storage around the midsection. Actually, uh, you know, Adam made a good point about alcohol. Alcohol will do the same thing. So, if you're one of those people that is getting leaner and you're getting kind of lean and you're exercising, you're, you feel like you're eating right, and you just seems to be like, what the f- hell? 
Why is it stuck around my midsection? Mm. Try changing your macro breakdown. Mm-hmm. Don't reduce your calories. If you're already at a deficit, um, try changing it. Cut your carbs. Bump your fats. Now your calories are the same, but you had a different macro breakdown. Mm-hmm. That'll blunt insulin. It'll raise in, uh, growth hormone. And you may notice the patterning of the way you store body fat start to change. And this is this is relatively new. I think the, one of the first studies published uh, you know, reputably on the subject, I believe, was in 2007, because I was looking up studies earlier. Um, and they were showing that uh, how individuals respond differently to diets, and it has to do with how their body's uh, you know, uh, hormones respond to food, and in particular, um, insulin. Well, That's the big one. It's important to know, too, what Justin said um, about you know, we, we talk a lot about the, the extremes on this podcast because we do have people that are aesthetically driven. So, you know, it's it's not we're not going to recommend somebody do this. But if you were to drop down and get all the way down to three percent body fat, eventually that shit goes. Mm-hmm. You know, eventually that has to go. It's just genetically or for whatever reasons, you know, because you've dieted a certain way for so long, that's a stubborn area for you. But I'll tell you right now, when the body doesn't have fuel for, a, you know, an extended period of time of cutting and cutting and cutting, eventually it will go there and it will get that. You know, it'll eventually cut down that point. And sometimes for some people, it, it takes pushing the body to that that new level of extreme to see that to, to, to get rid of it from that mm-hmm. point. This was something that. Uh, you know, I explained this to Katrina not too long ago because she keeps her body at a, a pretty relatively low body fat. When we first met, uh, for a female, she's always between twelve and fourteen percent. That's pretty damn low, but yet she has these. Uh, she feels like her hips are kind of boxy and she can be squared and she kind of stores fat right around her hips and she doesn't like the way it makes her look aesthetically. And I've explained to her, well, listen, and I know, and she doesn't like to have a skinny look either. She doesn't want to be one of those girls who someone says, oh, you look so skinny. And so when she gets to a certain point where she's like Sal mentioned earlier that he says, oh, I don't want to get any leaner, you know, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm happier. So now I'm going to start reintroducing. Well, I've explained to her, well, listen, if you still have these areas, that you don't like where fat is being stored in your body, but then yet you feel you're skinnier than you like to be. You can push beyond that, and you can go to a point where you're skinny and you don't like the way you look and feel skinny to get rid of the body fat, then reintroduce the calories again, but keep your workouts going because what will happen now as your cal- your calories increase and that's now you're living in a surplus, but because you're training correctly, those 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 calories that surplus are going to get allocated to building muscle and it will start to reshape and change your body and this is what she's going through and she's a great person to talk to so if you ever run into her when we're in our seminars or we're traveling in a place like that she's a great uh, person to talk to about this stuff because you know living with me for 6 years for the first half of it she didn't want to do anything i had to tell her she finally like let me start telling her like this is how to eat and train and it's completely just shattered her paradigm on her thinking because she was she was always an in shape person she just assumed that she could never change these areas but no it just it takes the mental discipline discipline she had to discipline herself to say hey i'm going to get skinny you got to go a little deeper i have to go deeper i yeah. have to go beyond where i like to be just like me for a stage when i get on stage i do not like the body fat percentage i do not like the way i look i look unhealthy just like i am you know two percent body fat is not healthy to be that way but what it does do is get rid of all the body fat on my body and then when i go back to my my surplus i'm training 
And so now the, this extra calories, instead of it going to my stomach and my gut, it goes to my quads or it goes to my butt or it goes to my arms. It goes to my shoulder. It builds muscle. So that's the important part is you push, you cut, you get rid of that. And then when you go back to your surplus, you make sure you've continued your training. What most idiots do is they go on these extreme diets and then they they say, oh, I get ready for Vegas. I mean, I look great in my bikini. I drink alcohol. I eat and they're not working out. They're not doing anything with all these extra calories. And then it just goes right back to that same stubborn spot they got it from. Mm-hmm. So it's important that you you cut, you push beyond that. And then when you go back to your surplus, don't stop your routine. Don't stop your training. Keep following your MAPS program because it will go to good spots. Yeah. And last thing I want to touch on in this particular subject is uh, cortisol. Uh, very, very high cortisol levels, consistently high cortisol levels with, you know, people who lack sleep, great point. lots of stress, uh, mm-hmm. and then they go and they hammer themselves even more at the gym. So these are high stress individuals, high stress life, bad sleep. Now I'm going to go, you know, do crazy intense workouts. Um, not good because cortisol, although essential to the body and it has very important functions in the body, when it's really high all the time, especially when it's high, its ratio is high to your progesterone and estrogen if you're a woman, it's characterized by, you know, kind of a puffy face and along with the, the round stomach and just general puffiness around the body. So if you're one of these people and you're working out like crazy and you're go, go, go all the time and you're having and you're feeling kind of puffy, you may want to invest time doing things that will help with your stress like yoga meditation, slower forms of exercise like traditional resistance Epsom training. Salt baths. Yeah, those kinds of believe it or not, those kinds of things done properly will help with fat loss. It's not just although the bulk of it is calories in versus calories out. It's not just that. There are lots of other factors and one of which is how your hormones are affected by your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So with that, leave us a five-star rating review on iTunes. If we like your review and we pick it, you'll get a free Mind Pump t-shirt. Hell, leave us a six-star review. Yeah. If you can, if anybody leaves us a six-star. Squeeze it out. If you could do guaranteed that. Guaranteed star. Guaranteed. A guaranteed yeah. shirt. Guaranteed shirt. <laughs> uh, and, uh, oh, don't forget to check out our new YouTube channel, Mind Pump TV. We post brand new exercise videos on there every single day. You can also find us on Instagram at Mind Pump Radio. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal, Justin at Mind Pump Justin, and Adam at Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs>